All right, gents. Are we ready? Let's do it. Ready as we'll ever be. Okay. Hello, Internet, and welcome to another another episode of Geek Fanthology. I'm uh, not as upbeat as I usually am here, but that's because um, we're going to be doing something a little bit different than usual. Uh, we're still going to be following some of our standard procedure, uh, talking about um, you know, signal boosting some stuff, um, but our subject matter is a little bit less comedically inclined than usual. This may not be one of our funnier episodes, so if you tune in for the comedy, uh, we I can recommend a few of our other episodes. I really like our episode uh, Romance Option, the first one. I think that's probably our best episode. That's yeah, a classic. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, um, or I'm sure there are a few others that we, that we could probably come up with. Um, but today... Uh, we are going to be having what I am going to call a very special episode. Um, it's not about drugs. It's about uh, it, it's about your friend with a with with uh, mental health problems. Um, so not exactly the most fun of uh, of subject matters, but it's important. And the thesis we're going to be operating here under is that it's okay. Things are going to be better, and there are examples for it if you're dealing with something like this similar. Um, this is also the first episode that ha that that kind of requires trigger warnings. Um, something subjects that may be brought up: um, suicidal thoughts or tendencies, and self harm. Um, I know. Ooh, that kind of that that really downs the 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 mood a little bit. So let's try and uh, and let's so let's so let's, uh, let's let's see if we can't perk it up a little bit. We do have we still want to boost some signals here, and I know Mike has something real good to start with. So let, why don't you go ahead with that, Mike? That's right. Those signals aren't going to boost themselves. That it's sounds true. a little dirty, but don't think about it too long. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, and yeah. there we go. There's some funny back. Uh, yeah. Um, and yeah, speaking of levity, that's that's, that's kind of the fun. thing. Um, so John Krasinski, as uh, many people know him as uh, Jim from The Office, or more recently, uh, star and producer uh, of, I think, possibly director as well of The Quiet Place. I'm not 100% yeah. sure on that. He, like, yeah, so wrote, he did direct directed, that. produced, Yeah, like the whole shebang. Yeah. He, he, he taught me why sewed that shit, except, it, except Only, it's better than The it's, Room. Unironic, okay. It's unironically enjoyed, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, amongst other things, Jack Ryan and all that. Um, just all-around cool guy and talented mm -hmm. guy. Um, he uh, kind of got the idea um, while whilst on the Twitterverse and talking to his daughter and stuff to um, put together something that's just nothing but – a show that's nothing but good news. And an idea he's kind of had rolling around in his head for, for several years. And um, with everything going on, this kind of seemed like the right time to strike and do it. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, he kind of pulled the internet and said, Hey, give me all your, you know, give me all your good stories. Give me all your stuff. And, um, we'll, we'll pick the, uh, get the pick of the litter on there. And, um, 
just just have something that's nice and positive and something for people to look forward to and all that. And um, it's very easy to find because you just go on YouTube, just type in some good news. Um, Already and... has 1.51 million subscribers. They have <laughs> five videos. Yeah, the uh, channel has three, and we've been and we've been in existence for five years. So we're also not Hollywood celebrities. It's true. Um, but the, uh, yeah, it's very, it's very easy because the channel itself is actually some good news with no spaces. So either way you find it, you know, you'll find it. Um, so yeah, uh, they're just, you know, short little episodes, um, but good stuff. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah. In the most recent episode, uh, the original cast of Hamilton got together on a, on a massive zoom call to sing the opening track from that song, from that, uh, show to a girl whose tickets got to a nine-year-old girl whose tickets got canceled. Oh, that's adorable. Which is just not, not only adorable, but freaking awesome too. Like yeah, that's pretty epic. <laughs> and is it just me or quick sidebar? Does Lin-Manuel Miranda just perpetually look massively sleep deprived? I don't uh, know. I, I don't he's know. always got those huge bags under his eyes, so like like Vince, like Vince Vaughn syndrome. Yeah, like he hasn't Susan slept. Yeah, like syndrome. he hasn't slept in like <laughs> three years. <laughs> I mean, that may be somewhat accurate. Who knows? Uh, yeah, Ben, uh, what do you got? Um, not much going on right now. I mean, my signal boost is the Sims right now. I've been playing the hell out of Sims 4 because it's it and most things Sims related are on sale on EA game site. Mm-hmm. That's been helping me keep my sanity. Sims has been a massive time sink for me before. Um I've been playing the hell out of The Witcher 3 right now, so. Yeah. I mean I've... right now, uh the Sims Digital Deluxe version is like under seven bucks. I don't know if it'll if it still will. Uh, by the time this comes out, but that's probably a good like general like signal boost slash PSA. It's just like, hey, are you looking for some sort of digital content, be it games or movies or premium TV or whatever? Go look that shit up right now because a lot of people are doing the whole, hey yeah. gang, we're doing an April sale thing or doing a sale for this week or whatever. Yeah, and uh, obviously oh, yeah. this episode doesn't go up until a week for un until the around the what day? Where's my mouse? There it is around the 18th but there's gonna uh, honestly as long as there's a pandemic on um there's gonna be sales um oh, i one of and one thing that i do know uh for certain is for the entire month of april is hbo opened up uh like their vault of stuff like a lot of their stuff a lot of their classic shows and documentaries and stuff so if you're that person who hasn't gotten around to watching something like the sopranos or six feet under or some other classic programming of theirs you can just go on hbo now or hbo go or whatever and just go stream the stuff for free for the whole month oh they're doing that for free that's cool yep i may have to take advantage of so i've never i haven't watched the wire before so oh yeah the wire that's another good one that's that's <laughs> on the list there's really just a there's really just a few things that aren't on it like current stuff or very recent stuff that obviously mm -hmm. drives numbers and sales like game of thrones and, and so on yeah but yeah i mean uh, stuff like the wire and the sopranos some of the like most universally like awarded and acclaimed shows in existence are completely like the entire runs of the shows are streaming um for free so yeah that's yeah. incredible 
And in I general, mean, like it's worth signal boosting. There are a lot of people out there doing good things right now. Um, right. I think uh, I think the thing I'd like to signal boost at the moment is um, Fold at Home. If you're not familiar, um, is a uh, folding at home. I should say. Sorry. Is a um, is a computer <clears throat> background resource farming um program uh that uh is that that focuses a lot of um computational power on trying to find uh bolds for protein chains which is really important for a lot of things and right now uh their data banks are primarily being used for helping uh covid-19 research right speaking along those lines I, there's there's one of the um, uh, signal boost kind of personal um, my girl Randy is currently still sewing masks masks still sewing masks um, and if you are you know there's a lot of people out there doing that and if you are good on you mm -hmm. I know some people are making and selling them for dollars a mask um, can't really get behind that uh, but you know if you can, um, if you have a sewing machine, get cotton masks. Uh, mask patterns are online because um, people who people who work in the facilities, it's almost impossible for the you know, facilities to keep up with the demand. Yeah, and and you know, these folks need this. I mean, this this is, and I got to say, mm -hmm. after. Um, after wearing a mask out in public for about an hour or so today, uh, when we went shopping, um, I got to say, my respect for the folks who wear those masks in a period of time, doctors, anyone in a surgery room, and, of course, Spider-Man. Um, yeah, they're uncomfortable as hell. They are, they are uncomfortable as hell under that thing, Unless it's so. the same Raimi Spider-Man, then he loses the mask in like five minutes flat. <laughs> This is true, man. It just gets torn apart, you know, because, yeah. yep. I mean, Iron Man, that's, you know, same thing, man, because that's mm -hmm. not even breathable fabric. Nope. <laughs> but, so. yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, also, like, uh, similarly, if you have a 3D printer, there's, uh, there's open source stuff for, like, printing out face shields. Um, there's a lot of things that can be done. I would dedicate either of my printers to that, except neither of them are big enough to print that big of a volume. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, anything you can do. Yeah. Help. And and that's the broader that's point, I think, too, is that, you know, just because, you know, if um, just because you may be stuck at home doesn't necessarily mean there isn't something you can do to help from home. Yeah. And that'll, that'll help, you know, I think that'll help people, um, focus on the positive and feel well, better in general as well. Hell, even just staying at home is helping. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's, That's it's hard to be like, it's, it's hard to, to understand how actually very useful it is that you just don't leave your house for a while. Um, yeah. and introverts, we've got this on lock for, we have for a little bit, but, um, Right. This is this is business as usual for us. Although, even as something of an introvert, I still miss my friends. I do too. Um, and it, it's kind of funny. Um, 
I, um, I, I, I stay at home. I've been a home, but I've been pretty much a homebody for most of my adult life. I don't leave the house very often when I do, it would be to hang out with other people. Um, but the minute I was told, no, you need to stay inside. I'm like, but I want to leave. <laughs> I don't want to. Yeah. And <clears throat> yeah, we, we, we prefer to, you know, be introverts on our yeah it's it's <laughs> it's the fact that i have to but right. seriously you guys are doing like keep it up um a lot of uh a lot of places are starting to hit peak infection and if we can keep this up for a couple for a few more weeks we can potentially start to get to the point where you know we might not have to be quite so crazy about everything we're still going to have to social distance for a while but you could yeah. you know maybe go outside have small gatherings, things along those lines. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Seeing well, friends in, you know, face-to-face. As opposed to on a webcam or over a Discord server. Yeah, as yep. the only method by which... You... Yeah. Well, um... Which I, kinda, which I think kind of leads to our uh, spoiler... Yeah, a little bit. Um, this is from Her Majesty the Queen. We'll get through this together, and we will see each other again. Or in the words of the song, I know we'll meet again some sunny day. Um, or if you want to go retro, keep calm and carry on. Yeah, I Before mean... Before it was a meme, not the meme, the actual thing. <laughs> no, the actual, the actual like thing that they said in England um, during the Blitz. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Calm and carry on. Mm-hmm. Because that's what we, that, that's that, what that's what needs to do. It will get better, everyone. Uh, that, that's yep. the other thing. I know I'm ta- we're talking going to be talking about some kind of heady stuff, but I want to continue to reinforce it gets better. It will get better. It will not. Uh, even at the even in the dark times, there is light, yeah, so and the light will grow. Everything going on, you know, that we're doing this episode, you know, because <laughs> even you know, um, for the uh, the neurotypical, as you as you put it, when you're in extreme circumstances, then you know it's more stress and like more mental things that everyone yeah. is dealing with regardless. Part of the reason I wanted to do this episode now is because be, is because there's a pandemic on and everyone is not really quite sure how to react. People even people who are who don't typically have anxiety and depression issues are kind of dealing with them right now because right now shit's fucked up. Like, it, it's it's crazy right now. Yeah, and, um, and you know, and depression isn't isn't just something that's limited to. You're cutting out there, Ben. I'm sorry. Is it any better? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Okay. You're just uh, a little quiet, and I think you were cutting out because you weren't uh, mm-hmm. beating your threat your activation threshold on your bike. Um. But yeah. Depression isn't limited to clinical depression. It can be um, 
you know, it can be uh, triggered by life events. Yeah. I mean, I... Uh, so, opening things up. I have chronic, chronic cyclical depression. Um, I get depressed from time to time. I'm not always depressed. Like, here's the, here's the thing also that you have to understand about depression. It's not like I'm not, not everyone who is depressed is always sad. Some people are, um, I am not, I have highs and lows. Um, I'd almost say I might be manic depressive, but I never get man. I never get man, get to the mania part. I've never actually been officially diagnosed. Um, that's another thing to say. I have uh, I have depression and I have generalized anxiety. Um, and, and the thing about depression is it isn't always just I'm sad. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times it's just not. It's not wanting to continue. It's it's mm-hmm. it's this sucks. Ugh. Depression, like at least my depression can be summed up in a general feeling of, uh, most of the time. Now, see, when, when right around 2000 mm-hmm. was the hardest times in my personal um, because <clears throat> I was working for MCI at the lost my job at the beginning of that year. Um, and a variety of factors and for me depression became you know my my response was basically total i couldn't myself about a day yeah and so uh, uh, you're, you're kind of cutting out before there. we before we continue here ben uh do me a favor go down to your user settings mm-hmm. and under voice and video mm-hmm. um Pull down the bar under input sensitivity a little bit, uh, a little closer, to, farther to the left, because you're still cutting out from time to time. Yeah, but what's happening is it's picking you up, but then whenever you pause or you know you don't speak like significantly loudly, then it's kind of it's it's ending transmission repeatedly when you're saying one single thought. Mm-hmm. Hang on just a second. Uh, recording live, everybody. And remotely, so it's harder to to make the everyone's mic work the work exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. there's a bit of jazz so, to it. Just a second. You say it's under video. It's under voice and video, and then under input mode, you should have either you should have voice activity or push to talk, and under push to talk, you should have input sensitivity. Um, and you should have automatic determined input sensitivity, and you want to turn that, t- tell it not to do it automatically, and pull your uh, uh, your slider to the left. Okay, how's that? Better. That is better. You're gonna, okay. you're, you're probably not gonna kick off as quickly as often, but you're also not gonna. That that means that we're gonna hear you more. So. Okay. Well, I can adjust it a little more. Yeah. No, this is fine. Honestly, I your I think your air conditioner in the back at this point is just keeping your mic on, which works. I don't have an air conditioner in the back. There's something in your back in, in the background that's buzzing, that's humming. That's wind. It's an electronic hum, but whatever. It works. Because I can just noise redu- reduction that. Okay. There we go. Okay. Sorry about that, everybody. 
Um, what were we talking about? Oh, yes. We'll edit that in post. Um, <laughs> symptoms of depression. I'm just going to leave it in. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's... It, 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 things become less enjoyable. Um, for reading on on the subject, by the way, I recommend. Uh, I very much. I very highly recommend searching out um, Will Wheaton's uh, letter to Medium that he wrote in June of 2018, called "My name is Will Wheaton. I live with chronic de depression and generalized anxiety. I am not ashamed." Um, Doesn't so, exactly roll off the tongue, but it's a good read. Yeah, it's. Uh, the title isn't exact isn't great but yeah it's um yes it's it's that will wheaton you know king of the nerds um or at least one of the kings of the nerds nerd royalty yes <laughs> we'll just keep it vague yeah nerd royalty um but uh, yeah um and so yeah, bleh, trying to collect my thoughts. Depression is just something that, that kind of just is a thing that you, that that I deal with. Um, and there are things that elevate my mood, things that'll lower my mood. I am not medicated. I am, however, seeking a therapist right now. Um, that's that's a very very important thing to, to hit. If you are dealing with issues of mental health, if you if if you are feeling despair, if you're feeling anxiety, if you are having well, if you if you're if you're having suicidal thoughts, please contact the suicide help hotline. And I'm gonna Definitely. there. Phone. Uh, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. They also have a they have a text uh, thing as well. Um, so if you don't like, so if like talking to people is part of the things that make that that gets you on edge, you can do it by text. People care. I care. Yeah, people do give a damn, and sometimes it's hard to it's it is hard to keep hard to keep that in mind when you're fighting struggling with depression. Mm -hmm. um, and you know there are people who do, who do give a damn. Sometimes people you've never even met before. Mm -hmm. Anyone in anyone you converse with there will gives a damn. They they want you to. They want you to be happy and they want you to be well. And there's nothing, the, the other reason I wanted to do this is because there is a massive stigma in our society today about having problems with one's mental health. This is true. Even though it is a health issue. Yeah, we stigmatized mental health to the point that people are afraid to you know, seek help for it. Exactly. Because it's seen, you know, oh, it's all in my head. That doesn't make it less, you know, 
That doesn't make it any less impactful. Yeah, you know what? The flu is all in your chest, but it still might kill you. Right? And you can't do much about that either, except go to a doctor. Yeah. I would say, you know, um, I, I would agree that there's a sizable stigma, but I would also say that it's trending in the right direction. Yes, it is. And yeah, it is. that's good part, to see. Part of the reason I wanted to do this is to help push that trend along with the three or four hundred people that listen to this podcast. We are we are signal boosting. <laughs> this this whole that, episode is really a signal boost episode. <laughs> you, you mentioned yeah. uh, Neil about you know about therapy and stuff, and I think that's a good subpoint of the broader point. With the, the broader point being that um, you know people shouldn't be stigmatized and they should feel free to actually you know um, take the steps they need to to mm -hmm. you know treat and you know assist in whatever struggles they have. Uh, I would say that that's. Uh, the whole like seeing a therapist thing although I guess you could argue in some circles like Hollywood or something is just it's a casual thing that people just <laughs> accept but uh, I digress there uh, just in general um, that you know it doesn't make any sense like if somebody has some sort of um, some somebody has some sort of medical issue like uh, and they had to have I don't know like say a very specific um, a very specific diet or if they they uh, due to their I don't know. They need to have a personal trainer to like get the right workout. Where like there wouldn't be a stigma there, right? Like, so why would yeah. why should there be one for a therapist for for mental issues, especially when oftentimes the alternative can be medication that is either not necessary or that there's too much of that's over prescribed or whatever. It's, yeah, you know I think exactly. it's important for everyone to look at all of the options and try to assess them as objectively as possible instead of just some doctor being like, oh, you have a problem here, take this thing. It's, it's yeah. not always that simple. And should also be pointed out, however, in some, in some cases of mental health, medication is, is the way to go. Um, I know yeah. I, have, I have friends who will remain nameless because it's a massive violation of privacy rules um, for me to say anything about them, who, ha who are medicated for mental health problems. Because that is what was determined is the correct course of action for them. Right. After talking with, after consulting with physicians and therapists and psychologists. Right. And that's the key there. That's the, that's the distinction is that, you know, there was the proper analysis, mm -hmm. you know, as opposed to just somebody trying to, you know, throw a, throw a, a prescription yeah. at something. I had a discussion with my doctor about this a couple, a few months ago. And it was like, you know, I'm having, I'm dealing with anxiety and depression issues. Um, but I don't want to, I, I, I would like, I'm, I'm just coming to you at the moment for a recommendation to a therapist in network because I don't want to medicate unless it, it becomes determined that that is a thing that I will need to do because yeah. I don't yeah. like the idea of essentially, I, I personally like this is part of the stigma too, which is uh, I'm just as guilty of as, as anyone else. I don't like the idea of being beholden to a pill that I have to take every morning for having a good day. Mm -hmm. But that's and that's that's a that's a wrong way of looking at things. But I don't think that my personal symptoms are such that it would necessarily be required. But who knows? Maybe I'll get a therapist and, and they'll say, man, um, Neil, you need Prozac. 
<laughs> and I'll be like, well, are you sure? And at which point, if they say yes, I'll be like, okay, you're the doctor. <laughs> <coughs> well, but I also, uh, shout outs to my personal care physician who will also remain nameless because I'm not sure whether or not I'm, I can, I probably can, but whatever. I'm not going to, um, for respecting my, uh, my opinion in that regard too. He's a, he's a good doc. Um, <laughs> well, that's the thing too, is that, you know, when it comes to medication, it's going to, um, it's going to be such an individual thing, you know, what, what will work for some people won't work for others and True. for others that may even make things worse. And then there's the whole, you know, um, there's the whole complicated aspect of it when it's when it's a, a mental health issue um you have some you have some issues where they kind of converge like if somebody is if somebody is um having anxiety issues then the medication itself can be an anxiety inducing thing where you yeah. know they're like oh i don't know like you know am i like <laughs> is this right for me am i taking too much or am i not taking enough uh and mm -hmm. so on and so forth and it can be this it can be a bit of a spiral you know i've heard some from some people oh, where like they're prescribed medication for anxiety then they become anxious about the fact that they have to take medicine for anxiety and it becomes a vicious circle a friend of mine did, had had, a, had some problems with that until they got their dosage dialed in which took a, which took some some yeah finagling um because you know it's, it's when you, especially when you're dealing with brain chemistry, there's a lot we don't understand. So it's not an exact science, <laughs> right? And there's the fact that you know that so much of that changes uh, as you get older as well. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. um, well, depression and, and is. Just... Sorry, yeah, go ahead, Ben. Uh, the thing is that when you're when you're dealing with dosage there are a lot of factors that can change over time. Um, mm -hmm. the human, body composition. You know, body composition, weight. The ability of the body to absorb the drug. The chemistry behind that is so complex. And sometimes, you know, you will develop a certain resistance to a drug. Or, you mm -hmm. know, you'll get oversaturated. Or you have to build it up into your bloodstream over time. I mean, the science of it, and doctors are, you know, psychiatrists are, are basically trying to dial it in, you know, as, which is a good term for it. Uh, they're, you're trying, they're trying to estimate what's going to be the best dosage for the situation, and it's not something that's going to happen overnight. Yeah, that's another thing that, that, that that's another thing that's very much worth um, mentioning slash noting. If you, um if you seek medical help and they uh, prescribe medication for you, um, a lot of people have noticed that, like, on the anti-depression uh, med medication side effects, one of the things is suicidal thoughts, or one of the side effects is suicidal thoughts or tendencies. That's a lot of the time it's because people expect, oh, I take this pill and I will magically get better, um, like, overnight. That, that doesn't happen. Yeah. It might you you might improve, but just like right now, I'm on an antibiotic um, because I have a I have a mild respiratory infection. It is not the COVID nineteen. Um, it was part of why I had to talk to my doctor recently. 
Um, I'm on an antibiotic because I have a history of pneumonia and we want to make sure that I don't, you know, develop pneumonia as a secondary infection from this respiratory bug I'm fighting. <laughs> um, because, you know, that would potentially put me in the hospital and that could be a very bad thing right now. Um, but <laughs> right? Um, the antibiotic, like the reason I, I, I say I'm currently on an antibiotic, I have to take it for the next 10 days. Yeah, because first pill doesn't does doesn't make me suddenly immune to illness. It doesn't, you know, it, it it does what the first pill does, and then the next pill does, you know, builds on that. It's 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 building. Yeah, uh, I mean, and the chemistry involved in both both you know physical and mental health. I mean, that's mm -hmm. that's a big thing i mean and, and if people think you know drugs can't you know affect their affect their mental mental state i'm sorry have you ever drank beer it's not as immediate but mm -hmm. alcohol you know is a drug that affects your mental state um so is caffeine actually caffeine yeah. uh, Very true. you know even how much water you have in your body can affect your mental state yeah. well that's a good um, point actually um is that just in general there's you know there's the importance of how um physical health can affect mental health and how mental health can affect physical health. A lot of people don't respect that connection as much as they should. Like, obviously, you know, most people have heard of the whole runner's high thing and, you know, all the stuff that goes on with the brain chemicals when you exercise and all that. So there's, there's a lot of, and obviously, you know, diet being involved with others, you know, so there's a lot of crossover there that people have to be, you know, cognizant of when you're looking even at the, the amount, picture. Right. Even the amount of sunlight that we get can affect our mood. There's a, there's a uh, there's a really there's a really great um, Latin phrase that springs to my mind because I took Latin in high school, um, which is, which is mensana in corpore sano, um, which translates into a healthy mind in a healthy body. Um, the one does play the one helps to play into the other. And here's another thing. I mean, um, it, it, along those lines, I grew up with an alcoholic. I mean, you're talking about a person who spent the majority of a certain amount of time drunk. And the this is something else that um, you know psychotropic drugs can can affect, as well as things like alcohol and nicotine and caffeine and things like that. Mm -hmm. As your body replaces certain feel-good um, substances, alcohol, what have you, it does not need to produce its own. Therefore, yep. it forgets how. It doesn't. It doesn't produce them for a certain amount of time. And when you are suddenly without it, <clears throat> watching it's an alcoholic, wrong. yeah, watching yeah. an alcoholic dry out. Oh my God. Um, there's a there's what's called a dry drunk, uh, where an alcoholic, not feeling as, you know, loopy as they normally do, will still act drunk. Um, you know, and it's just, <clears throat> and it, it, I mean, it can take up to God, I can't remember how long it is, but alcohol, as as an example, acts just like ether and lowers your inhibitions, mm -hmm. and you know, it's a depressant you have that in your system for so long you have so much of that in your system yeah your body doesn't make that stuff you're going to be suffering from something until you 
push your way through it and your body remembers mm-hmm. and starts producing those those hormones right and uh, those, i can those chemicals and i can and i can tell you from personal experience going through withdrawal sucks um mm-hmm. in college my sophomore year i gave up all beverages other outside of water and milk for lent and did not realize that my four or so cups of Mountain Dew a day habit had um, developed into a mighty caffeine addiction. Mm -hmm. Um, Until the second day after I had sworn things off where I thought my head was going to explode and I wanted to punch the world. Um, I stayed home that day and for the next three days and luckily two of my professors were catholic and just got it <laughs> but, by the way that sounds like a uh, that sounds like an evil version of a coca-cola marketing slogan punch the world i sometimes get migraine migraines and that's that's kind of my like when i'm in a lot of pain that's consistent i get really angry um <laughs> And I want to lash, but I, I want to. I want the world to hurt as much as I do right now. It's not healthy, but you know. See, for me, for the longest time, FTW did not mean for the win. What? Oh, uh, yeah, it stood for something else. Yes, f the world. <laughs> um, but, I'd like to pivot away a little bit from depression, which we talked about, and also get to the other thing that I deal with, which is anxiety. Um. And we'll get to a point where, where Mike, I'll allow you to ask questions that, that may have or may not have occurred to you. Uh, Mike, I know I haven't really given you a chance to talk much yet. Um, I, I won't be shy. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, really? <laughs> anxiety is like... Anxi- like anxiety is, is a little bit harder to, to quantify. There have been times that I've that I've been so anxious, so like, so my anxiety essentially makes makes my brain go, "What if thing?" And even if I were, and even if I rationally know, no thing not true, my brain goes, "Yeah, but what if?" Um. It's one of the things that makes me feel as though that sometimes makes me feel as though people who I de- who I hang out with, who are my friends, are just putting up with my shit and don't actually like me. And I uh, get that. That's kind of a subset of imposter syndrome in a way. It, it is. It is somewhat. Yeah. Imposter, well, imposter syndrome. Or, or, uh, sorry, I said that backwards. Imposter syndrome is a subset of that. Yeah, and imposter syndrome is similar in that you know you get the impression that 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 man i fooled everyone into thinking x or y and for a really great little bit on that look up neil gaiman talking to another famous neil about imposter syndrome um, <laughs> neils neil cubed yes yeah <laughs> oh the, uh, that reminds me i want to jump in here while i'm while i'm still thinking Fire about it. um that that's kind of it's kind of a um a point slash uh, signal boost after the fact here 
um, talking about imposter syndrome and, and general anxiety stuff. Um, there's, um, I mean, we've, I've said on several occasions, um, everybody knows big critical role fan here. And, mm -hmm. um, there is a, uh, there's a show called, um, beneath the sheets, um, where they do an interview with, uh, initially it was the, the, the cast and then, um, it's, it's, they've also, you know, interviewed some other people that have like guested or whatever, just, just people in the whole, like, you know, nerd sphere in general and the um as brian w foster does the interviews he's the host of the talks machina after show um mm -hmm. and is there for their live events and stuff um anyway um point is the there's the matthew mercer episode and he opened up a lot of about a lot of um a lot of mental um issues that he's had as far as like imposter syndrome and stuff and it's like that floored me that who i consider arguably the best dm on the face of god's green earth has imposter syndrome or like mm -hmm. you know still struggles with it to some degree like not as bad as he you know when, when he was younger but like it's an ongoing thing for him he was very open about a lot of that stuff in general and it's, it's uh it's definitely you know another kind of similar to the will Wheaton thing where it's you know it's worth looking up and yeah. checking out because sometimes you know um i mean it's important to be like you know um wherever possible being objective and fact-based and everything but then also there's a lot of stuff where it's just like you have to kind of have some like hear some anecdotal stuff to kind of get some context for some of it sometimes like that's important too i think that's another yeah. good example well, of that. That, that that also plays into another thing that i want to that i want to reiterate from time to time which is if you are dealing with mental health problems you are not alone mm -mm. I, I, a vast number of people either have diagnosed or undiagnosed mental health problems whether they realize they do or not well, and to, you know, to kind of touch on imposter syndrome, I know what that feels like. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I cannot tell you going to Wiscon, not Wiscon, um, Norwestcon, uh, in 2015, 2016. Ah, cons. Mm -hmm. uh, cons. I remember those. <laughs> back in my day. Um, now you two have have your own back in my day. Um, yeah. <laughs> but. You know, standing around, walking around, meeting people that I talked to online, mm -hmm. um, who to my face called me a called me a freaking unicorn uh, because I was I had gone you know I'd made enough one year to go pro. <clears throat> I mean, you want to talk about total? I mean, I got to meet the president of the uh, science fiction fantasy writers of America, Cat Rambo, SFWA, who knew my name, and I'm sitting here going, "How the hell do you know my name?" You know what? What's? It's because I, you know, contact. I talked to her on Facebook and you know and things like that. Mm -hmm. Through that whole con, I'm sitting here going, these people are going to realize what an idiot I am. You know, um, and I was there with you know to support a friend who did win the Philip K. Dick Award. Mm -hmm. And you want to talk about? You know, it's like, what am I doing here? What am I even doing here? Why the hell am I here? You know, they're going to realize I don't have. You know. It's a constant thing. Yep. And it was there that I learned um, a very important technique for that. Imposter syndrome can do one of two things. Um, it can destroy you or it can drive you. Yep. You know, um, so to me, uh, one, one thing I learned there is that 
if you are totally confident in your abilities and have absolutely no doubt in your head that you were the best thing on God's green earth to whatever field you're in, you're probably not. Um, but if you are concerned, if you are constantly second guessing yourself, if you're looking at yourself going, oh man, I could do so much better. This sucks. This is terrible. This is how we get better. And this is what people who become good in their profession really become. Listening to Lizzie Hale, uh, from the lead singer of Hailstorm. Mm -hmm. She hates 90% of what she writes. Mm-hmm. There's also and, people that are already good that become great or even legends. And you, you yeah. see that mm -hmm. a lot with athletes. You hear all sorts of stories about how, you know, they were constantly just pushing themselves or there's times where they, you know, they, you know, they would, didn't even make the team or whatever. And then they wound up being one of the best, you know, players in their sport, you know. So it's just a good example, tangible example, you know, of that, that people hear all over the place when it comes to some of the, mm -hmm. the best, you know. Yeah. And most people who deal with the imposter syndrome like Neil Gaiman mm. and like the best. Neil Armstrong Neil Armstrong That's yeah we're exactly talking to <laughs> yeah <laughs> they were at some sort of I think like like a note like I can't the the story was he was talking to someone he's like look at all these people and and Neil Arm and Neil Armstrong says I'm looking at all these people who are you know visionary minds and 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 all I did was Go where I was told, and, and <laughs> yeah, but that was the move. And follow horses. Yeah. <laughs> to which Neil Gaiman says, "Yes, but you were also the first person to walk on the moon. That counts for something." And that's a very, very small club. Uh, <laughs> you know, you know. Like, um, I mean, joking there about perspective, but you know, all gracefully bypass yeah. it. We'll see, and and I think sometimes too. Um, and I think that leads us to one of the most important things to mental health. Even Sorry, if it is like clinical. Loud. <laughs> uh, even if it is clinical. Um, but, you know, in my, in my case, depression. Um, it, it's finding your coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. Finding the thing that makes you go, oh, I can do this. I, I, I can make this. Finding that thing that makes it not perfect but not so bad yeah um, there and here here's here's something here's something to mention briefly about um about coping mechanisms mm -hmm. um unless they are harming you or harming someone else more than what you are what you are dealing with there there are a few that are like that, that that's going into like the the trigger warning of self harm. Self harm does hurt you more in the long run, and you should find a, a better way to cope. Um, yeah. I've I, I I've not actually dealt with quite never quite gotten so bad that I wanted to cut myself, but I've been close before. And I've dealt with people close friends of friends who were who did self-harm mm -hmm. and that is that's a very dangerous and very slippery slope please seek help and i know it helped it, it feels it makes you feel something in the long run in, in the short run but it it, it it's detrimental in the long run mm 
Yeah. I mean, and I can't sit here and say, you know, that, I mean, we, we, and we all have, I mean, it's that, that temptation to, you know, to step into the void. Mm -hmm. We all have those urges sometimes and you're standing, you know, I mean, it's why jumping off of a high dive is so thrilling is you're throwing yourself into the void. Mm -hmm. um, well, I mean, even just like watching a horror movie or something or going on a roller mm -hmm. coaster. I mean, it's just, they're smaller versions of some similar things really. Or like Christopher Walken's character in Annie Hall. Too deep a cut? Yeah. Yeah. You'll have to, you'll, so, you'll have to explain. To my great shame, I've, I've never seen that all the way through. So, and so Christopher Walken. But now that Christopher played, Walken's involved, I, it's moved up. Christopher Walken time. plays a bit part in Annie Hall. He plays someone's. He plays the brother, I want to say, of Annie, if I recall correctly. It's been a very long time. Um. Uh, give me a second while I while I internet this. Um, <laughs> Christopher Walken plays Dwayne Hall, um, and he uh, has a speech about how you ever had while you're driving the urge to swerve into oncoming traffic. Some people do, and you know, that's normal. Just don't, because that that's when things get pro get problematic. And then it becomes interesting later because he's the one that drives into the airport um, after having had that conversation. That's <laughs> <laughs> like a Chekhov's car or something. Yeah, except nothing happens, which is. Um, <laughs> So it's a subversion of che of Chekhov's uh, uh, okay. driver, um, <laughs> because there it's it's a very long, very painful scene where they're driving in almost complete silence, and you just get this look on Woody Allen's face of, "Holy crap! This guy who was talking to me about this idea is now driving me to the airport." Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Um. Uh, um, I was talking about anxiety a little bit. Um, anxiety is what causes me to have panic attacks. Um, and if you've ever had a panic attack, it feels like you're having a heart attack, except you're not. Um, you're having a panic attack. You, your chest constricts. Um, I get tingling in my left hand. Become hard to breathe. Um come close to whiting out a couple times. I sometimes have low-grade panic attacks where I just have a light version of all those symptoms for hours. Um, those are fun. I haven't had one something like that really bad since college. College was the time when I discovered all of my anxiety. Um, and it is for a lot of people. It's when you you first realize that you're kind of out there semi on your own <laughs> and that your actions have weight and consequences. <clears throat> so it's kind of funny for me um, in that most of my anxiety was at home. I got in the military. A lot of my, a lot of my, you know, a lot of my 
things that I had to cope with no longer present. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and when I got out of college, my acid reflux went away. Yeah, because I no well, longer colleges, had to. I no longer had to worry about grades. I was done with that shit. It's, college is its own little microcosm too, <laughs> and I think sometimes that's where a lot of our depression, a lot of our issues come from, is we're dealing with stress that we don't we don't see. It's invisible yeah. to us. Um, By the way, twelve people in total have walked on the moon. <laughs> so, the more you know. I know it's half the battle. The other half is red and blue, red and blue lasers. Um, <laughs> so, um, it's you know, because for me, my right out of high school, I didn't go to college. I went to the military. And you want to talk about a world where all your decisions are made for you? You know, but you're also trained to be confident. Um, you know, you go through this confidence course and you feel like, you know, after you've climbed up, you know, a 60 foot tower, you know, and then down the other side, you know, you, you can do anything. Getting out into the world and realizing that that's not necessarily the case. Mm-hmm. But I, you start to see certain things as microcosms, places like college, which are their own little world, high school, its own little world. Yeah. Um, you know, and seeing a broader perspective, I think, is perspective is is a big help, is a big coping mechanism for me. Yes, it is, and and it's it's good to have perspective. And so why that's why I that's why I started with it will get better. Mm-hmm. Well, and you're not alone. I mean, yeah, that's and, that's another thing. Yeah. You are not alone. Things will get better. Mm -hmm. This is not... Even if you are right... Right now, if things look so dark, as cliche as it is, it is darkest just before dawn. And every cloud has a silver lining. Well, the reason cliches become cliches usually is because there's some truth to them. They are effective in some way. So, there you go. Um, And, you know, that's another good point, too, to kind of... um, to, to kind of combine those two thoughts with the whole microcosm environment or social situation and then the perspective of things getting better it's that you know there's there's so many um so many people during high school where they they don't have that perspective of yes there is life after high school and whatever it is that they're dealing with they think it's the end of the world mm-hmm. and so you know it's like people that have had that experience you know and have come out the other side and graduated been like oh wait a minute now i now it feels kind of silly to have been so worried about whatever it is i was worried about now that i'm in you know real life tm um right (laughs) you know so this is kind of like you know yeah it's kind of like you know um try to you know try to reflect on some of those personal experiences or phases of your life to uh, give yourself some of that perspective as difficult as yeah. it might be at times to get immediately topical right now we're in, we are presently yet at this at this time as as, as of date of recording april the 8th 2020 <coughs> in the midst of a pandemic um this is not the first pandemic that the world has faced it also won't be the last but you know what? It's what we're in right now. <laughs> we're gonna. It's what we're in right now. But we're gonna. But we will get through it. There was the flu pandemic of two of nineteen eighteen. Um, uh-huh. There was the there was the 
low-grade uh, swine flu epidemic of uh, of twenty of uh, twenty of two thousand nine, I think it was, which people didn't realize was a pandemic. What was a pandemic? It just didn't get quite as much press. Or you know, you want to go further back. There's smallpox and yellow fever, and oh, there's this. There was this one thing called the Black Death. Oh, By the way, how are you ever going to top that name? <laughs> you really can't. Like, I don't think you can. I don't think it's The possible. Black Death is is probably the best. It's really, it's, it's, it is, it is the absolute best of na- of names for diseases. And it's, to- that's totally the snakes on a plane of diseases. Cause it's like, you know, I mean, yeah, that's pretty much tells you, tells you all you need to know right there in the title. And you know yeah. what? Humanity survived. All yeah. of those. Oh yeah. And this one, and and this one, or you know, look at, or you know, a pandemic that is that is also technically current, the HIV/AIDS pandemic, which people tend to gloss over because, at this point, even it, it yeah, it's it's all over the place, but there's medication for it, there's treatment, it's preventable. So there will circle, be for this as well. Yep. So to circle back around to mental health and yeah. geekdom, mm-hmm. gaming is considered a form of therapy. Mm-hmm. Which is funny because um, up, up until about three weeks ago, it was also considered a form of mental health or me- mental illness. Um, <laughs> you mean you mean well, the, was, like, the yeah. categorized gaming addiction thing? Yeah, which the recently division. got massively yeah. decategorized because. Yeah. Um, it was stupid. <laughs> yeah, it, it right. really, yeah, it's flimsy. Well, so gaming is shown to pro, um, has shown to help, um, or has promised to help in reducing stress mm-hmm. and anxiety and improving brain function. Yeah. Along those lines, to signal boost the hell out of something, there's a game called Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice. Oh, yes. Play, like, it is... It is such a good game that is like that. That's mental health of the sort where like, um, like paranoid delusions are are uh, like that's psychosis. That's a that's a different thing altogether than what I've been talking about. But it is a very good way to deal with that, especially if you can if you play it um, with headphones on with. Mm-hmm surround sound headphones that was headphones that could that can pull off uh 5.1 surround sound because those voices talk to you from right over your back shoulder mm-hmm. and it is creepy <clears throat> as hell <throat> and such a good game too <laughs> and it deals deeply with you know basically i think Senwa is dealing with a form of schizophrenia and, yeah and and, and, and depression uh, yeah it's uh, it's it, it's 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 a lot of schizophrenia and and general psychosis right i would say too that you know games are in a unique position to um get people to uh understand some of that stuff better because it's an interactive medium where you're not just mm-hmm. reading something or watching something you're actually experiencing something or kind of inhabiting that character for the time as an avatar yeah. another real good game um for t- talking about depression um depression specifically is uh is a really tough as nails platforming game called Celeste. 
um, which is a lot of fun, really hard. And the story is talks about someone who is going through and dealing with her own depression and coming to terms with, with problems because hers are more environmental in nature, but it's, um, I, I, I can very much recommend uh, that game as well. Also, yeah, Hellblade Send You a Sacrifice, really stupid good game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and both are only about and, 20 bucks a piece. Uh, <laughs> yep. Um, also, there are, I mean, the thing is, is that there are other people who have gone through depression pinging back to you are not alone. You're not mm -hmm. in this on your own. Um there, you know, there are, I mean, there, there was one, and it's the one that stuck with me the hardest. It was, it was shared with me, uh, shared with me uh, by a friend who suffers from depression. And it's about a woman who, uh, she, she writes, uh, she does in comics, in comic form. Um, you know, she, she has illustrations in there, but there's one part where she just, at one point, she sees something under the refrigerator and it's the funniest thing ever for her and she realizes that while the depression isn't gone there's something she can care about now you know and it just the, just the whole perspective it gave me on this is what depression looks like and feels like in a on a clinical level mm -hmm. well, i'd say um it, yeah go f finish your thought ben it, it, it can because having a having an actual um, having a strong idea of what depression really is from the depressed person's point of view when they can uh, uh, when they can you know enunciate it and and you know communicate it helps to take the stigma out of it it helps it makes it easier to help and sometimes when you're trying to help someone with depression sometimes the only thing or, or any of a number of mental health issues Sometimes the only thing you can do is ask, "What can I do?" Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes all you need to do is ask that question. Mm -hmm. Even if the answer is, even if the answer comes back as nothing, but thank you for asking, you helped. Or sometimes um, a close neighbor of nothing is just be present, just be yeah. around, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and that actually kind of. Um, dovetails into another thing um, that's um, a good like touchstone for, for people across the board, which is, um, you know, we talked about there's like the inherent brain brain chemistry stuff. And then there's like, you know, things like there's events and environments and stuff that can cause depression and uh, anxiety and whatever else, you know, what other other mental issues. Um, and that is grief and loss. Um, mm -hmm. And that's something that everybody experiences. Everybody has family and friends that uh, suffer and die and you have to you know you, you go through that and come out the other side and um, I think that's that's probably a good window for people that are mm -hmm. neurotypical that don't suffer from depression because mm -hmm. they there will be times for a for a, a specific set of time that may well be depressive territory mm -hmm. um, where you you know you you get through it and you come out the other side but the thing that that brought that to mind when what you were saying Ben is you're talking about you know, um, not being alone, other people having dealt with depression and whatever it is. <clears throat> well, the thing is, I mean, past tense as far as like, you know, um, 
you know having that like that story or that thing to share but it's it's present tense because you know there's things where you're just there it's not something that's done with it's something you're dealing with like you right. know constantly wow. and that i think grief is a good example of that um mm -hmm. because i just to use a, another you know another um example we're not using names but i had a friend of mine who um <clears throat> he lost his wife she just she died suddenly and he was like it was like it was a new thing too like they had just gotten married recently like it was one of those things where like they were at one of life's peaks where it was like the happiest he'd ever been and it was taken from him and yeah. you know i've been kind of i've been in that situation where i'm like hey you know like what can i do and sometimes that the answer is nothing or whatever but just being there and just him knowing that i was there then that helped on some level and yeah. you know just staying connected like you know so many people are doing right now with all the pandemic stuff where people are trying to still stay connected online by phone and whatever but mm -hmm. yeah just i wanted to you know point that out because sometimes people might feel like okay i want to be helpful but i don't know how i can if i haven't experienced this and in some yeah. level you have experienced <clears throat> they're just not they're just not a more constant in your life you know right. so mm -hmm. you can pull on the experience that you do have to kind of empathize and and grief comes from a lot of different situations, mm -hmm. right. um, not just not just death, um, the end of a relationship, moving, right. um, you know, um, changing jobs, anything where you're never going to go to that place again. Mm -hmm. you know? Well, even those examples um, we use, like high school and the military and stuff, you have really close friendships um, and relationships. Mm -hmm. And then when you're, you know, you're transferred or you graduate or whatever, and then, you know, you're, you go, you move far away, they're just gone. And sometimes you never get to really reconnect those people or even, you know, uh, or at least the same way that you were earlier. Right. Now, to, I'm in touch to... with about three people from my high school, college days, three or four. Mm -hmm. and just, and that's kind of how it goes. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm in touch with several of my high school friends, but not that many, you know, mm -hmm. but then again, I have friends from high school that just know everybody is still in high school, but then again, they never love Corpus Christi. How far, how long have we been doing this? I guess we started about an hour ago. Sorry, I'm trying to keep track of time. <laughs> yeah. But, um, oh, there's, and some, my mentions, I guess I did mention that, I did cover that with, grief can have a lot of forms. Um, but I don't know it. The other thing is, is that I think that people need to understand too, and this is where I think a lot of emotional issues come in, is we don't have those coping mechanisms. We're not allowed to have those coping mechanisms. It's not okay to not be happy. But you know what? It is. It, it is. really That's is. The thing is. We are told that it is not okay. I should, I should rephrase that. We are told that it is not okay to not be happy. We are told, you know, um, that, you know, that this, this is weakness and things like that. You know, uh, guys get it in, you know, the whole thing that we're supposed to be tough and, you know, emotionally in control all the time. Men don't cry. Exactly. But you know what? The weird thing is, is women aren't allowed to, uh, to be unhappy either. 
it's not just guys, but it just takes different forms. Yeah, it's just I yeah, mean, it's, it's contextual, right? There's there's yeah. bullshit that is targeted towards men, and there's bullshit that's targeted towards women. Exactly, like RBF is you know women not being happy enough. Um, did, did that that one didn't go over everybody's head, did it? Uh, are you referring to residual bitch face? Resting bitch face, yes. Oh, rest, yeah. Resting. Resting, yeah, residual. <laughs> yeah, resting. Uh, which is a term I hate. Um, but, um, but yeah, it's, you know, but, you know, uh, telling women, you know, smile, you'll look prettier. Well, you know what? Not everyone wants to look pretty all the time. I don't yeah. want to look pretty. I've looked in the mirror recently. I think, I think that is one that has, um, that has morphed a bit where it's become non-gender specific over time. Kind of like the term dude is just applied to everyone. Yeah. Right. This is true. Um, and, you know, yeah, not being happy, not being okay. Yeah. And, and that's something that, but by the same token, I think we've hit on something that gamers have similar to, you know, something that military people have. And that is community. Um, just like I can't walk into a room with a bunch of military people, you know, former or current, and not have something in common with them. You know, I'm right. part of a broad fraternity. You can't walk into a room with gamers, you know, especially into a big enough room, and not have something in common with them. Oh, yeah, a quick <coughs> example of that. I remember I, I went to uh, PAX Prime in Seattle in 2012, and I was kind of uh, I was kind of struck by like how, despite the massive amount of people and places mm -hmm. I'd never stepped foot in before, it kind of it felt like home. Like I just mm -hmm. I felt like I knew so many people without even interacting with them or interacting with them on a very basic level, just like a quick word here and there, quick interaction here and there, like having a conversation or playing a short game or something online for a panel or an event or something. And that, that kind of struck me how magical that all felt. Because, I mean, we're talking about, like, tens of thousands of people. And oh, yeah. it's just insane to me. Like, I mean, I kind of, like, knew on, a, on some kind of uh, ephemeral level, like, okay, this is going to be a special experience. I'm, I'm really excited for this. But it, there's no substitute for actually experiencing it. And it was really cool oh, yeah. to get that, um, you know, be able to kind of check that off the old list. Be like, yep, that's the thing I've been a part of now. Mm -hmm. Now... This is something that I know Neil and I, you and I have uh, have experienced in because sitting at con working a table, mm -hmm. you're there for 10, 12 hours and you watch the entire con walk by at some point. Yep. And Vision Con is the is the biggest shared experience we have. You know, mm -hmm. we will see community in place, cosplayers. Oh, my God, cosplayers, two cosplayers who have never met will end up doing things like they've been like they've choreographed them for weeks mm -hmm. you know and recognizing a cosplayer's uh play is like instant community i remember the first con that i cosplayed at i mm -hmm. cosplayed as the fourth doctor mm -hmm. i know mike's about to turn off his ears um but <laughs> um, uh, uh, Losing oxygen. <laughs> but, um, I ran into and made decently close friends with a number of people who were also caught, like, 
who were also cosplaying the Doctor, we actually got together. Um, we, we all got together and did a little photo shoot of, like, there were... There were, like, six different Tenth Doctors and two Eleventh Doctors and a Fourth Doctor and two Masters and a couple Tardises. And it was it was really... It, it was really cool because none of us knew each other before that except for one one girl I knew from from school. Okay, guys, I gotta step away from the from the mic for a minute. I'll uh, be back. Uh, okay. I see how it is. I'm not a giant fan. You have to step away. All right. No, it's not that. I've uh, bio break. Hang on a second. Mm -hmm. Just making my I'm I'm I'm, I'm done with my pun. Yeah, I'm. I know. I'm, and I'm done with that little with that. But but he's right. Like Nathan Sear is a cool guy who I only ever talk to on the internet because he doesn't live in the in Springfield. Yeah. Um. I and I don't even go to the con that I see him that I that I would see him at anymore because it, like I just haven't had the time. Well, heck, um, my uh, my friend that you met at my wedding, Jordan. Mm -hmm. um he i i met him uh originally just randomly playing a game of counter-strike that's how we met <laughs> mm -hmm. and then he winds up going to my wedding one day like it's actually he was the guy that i went to pax with um nice. we had never actually that was our first time actually um being in the same space the same physical space actually meeting each other in person Mm -hmm. So that made it extra special, of course. But I mean, that was pretty surreal to like. <laughs> that's the first time we meet is this planning this awesome trip, and uh, yeah, it was great. But uh, yeah, just it's funny how stuff like that works out. <sighs> um, have you thought of any questions as a as at least apparently a neurotypical? Because you don't you you definitely present as one. Um, that you would like to ask someone who that like. No questions off the table in terms of mental health. Do you have anything you'd like to ask, Mike? Um, let's see. I can't promise a satisfactory answer, but I'll yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean honestly, I've just been uh, focused on just you know participating in the conversation in general. Um, mm -hmm. The um, hmm. when it comes to. Um, when it comes to depression is there a um is there like a is there a is there a typical like um like i don't know warning sign or indicator or whatever that you feel like you're in the beginning of a cycle aside from that general blah feeling i was just curious if there's anything that you like recognize over as you get more experience with it over time Not really that that's actually something that that's worth noticing like Depression can come and go at a pretty rapid pace. Um, I remember uh, a, a circumstance once where I was I was having a pretty darn good day, uh, generally speaking. Although probably there was something going on in the background, mm -hmm. and I went out to eat at Hoo Hot. I love Hoo Hot. And oh, good stuff. I hope they still exist when things get back to normal. They probably will. They're a big enough chain. And when I... And at Who Hot, they didn't have bean sprouts. 
And I know that that's a weird thing to care about, but that real that but that like that took my day from a from a seven down to a two pretty much instantly for no particularly good reason. Yeah. Um, and that's really more like that. That's why I would I I'm almost willing I, I I'd almost say I'm more manic depressive than just regular depressive. Because my mood, because how my day has been going, can shift on a dime. Yeah. Um, and I've never really, like, there'll be some sort of precipitating incident. Incident, Like, in this particular case, it was bean sprouts. And <laughs> I had been looking forward to bean sprouts, and then I was disappointed, and that just kind of... Right. That plus, like, the to, to put this in a speci- kind of specific date, the... The song uh, Seven Years by Lucas Graham was playing. That's a very downer song. In the ba- which is a very downer song. Yeah. And I could hear it in the background because I can't not hear music in the background because right. sound guy. Um, <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah, like, I will, I will frequently mention background music that most people didn't even notice was playing. It's, that's way, how low it is in the background. That's a, a brief aside that's worth mentioning is that music can really affect your mood for the positive mm-hmm. and the negative. Like it's crazy yeah. how much it can affect your mood. There um, is like, I've, I've been sound. in a bad mood and like heard the right song and just totally had my perspective change. Mm-hmm. And then there's cases like you said where you just hear something at just the right time and you're just like, man, this really emphasizes the suckitude of this moment. Yeah, it just it made. By the way. Um, one of my go-to songs for helping me deal with getting in the dumps as silly as this sounds is don't worry be happy by bobby mcferrin (laughs) just bobby mcferrin is my go-to be happy yeah uh he's he's good because he's because it's it's true like he's not trying to say you know there aren't going to be because like it, it's in the first verse in life there will be trouble right yeah he does not bury the lead yeah. no he doesn't well and the thing with the thing with bobby mcferrin the thing i love about him is he has an understanding of the power of sound uh mm-hmm. if you have not seen it uh watch uh, a video with bobby mcferrin uh and the modal scale it's on youtube where mm-hmm. Bobby McFerrin does this thing with the, uh, the the pentatonic scale, I think is what it is, um, and he gets the audience to the point where they can, they actually. Uh, um, Bobby McFerrin pentatonic scale is literally the second thing that gets meant that 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 gets recommended by YouTube if you type in Bobby McFerrin. Yeah, and <laughs> the thing is, is that he he gets them to a certain point. And the universality of the pentatonic scale uh, is such that he doesn't have to coach them to get to certain notes that automatically go there. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he understands the power of sound, um, mm-hmm. and it is just amazing. See, for me, a lot of that, and I think for people, memory um, it can, can alter mood. Um, because as I understand it, you know, the memory of an experience is almost the same as the actual experiences in terms of what your brain uh, goes through. So smell, smell can be a big trigger for certain things. Mm -hmm. Um, 
which is, you know, why vanilla is such a comfort uh, for everybody because almost everybody has smelled it under good circumstances. Um, I've got a, the, uh, I've got a shirt that uh, that I don't wear, um, that I just keep that smells like the dish, the, like not the dishes, but the 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 laundry soap that my mom uses. Yeah. Um, that I just keep to sometimes just kind of bury my face in. Right. Um, we'll see for me as is very similar to what you're dealing with. Um, long time ago, I, you know, I LARPed, uh, with a group called Lapis, very small, tight knit group, a lot of good, strong memories there. Um, and one of the last games I was at, um, you know, I was sitting around the table with all of my old friends from Lapis whom I had known for 10, 15 years. And um, there was a song playing on the radio that just kind of summed up the moment. Now, don't judge me, but the song was from Nickelback. Uh, it was this <laughs> after. It was this afternoon. I, I, um, hey, man, let me put it out there. <clears throat> Even a broken clock is right twice a day. I, I, they, right. There's no, there's no shame in it if it's the... <laughs> honestly like there's nickel like honestly Nickelback's fine. Oh, yeah. I don't like they don't deserve they're, nearly they're so aggressively much aggressively adequate. They yes, they are. They're they are. They, they don't well, deserve they... as much fame as they got, but they don't deserve any uh, anywhere near the amount of hate they get. Yeah, well, I think well, a lot of it isn't actually. The thing is, a lot of it isn't actual hate. It's just the internet being internet silly. It's true. It's just right. people dogpiling. Yeah, but you know, and, and that whenever that that song comes on, I will get, I will, you know, right. you know circle back to that feeling. But mm-hmm. I think something we, you know, that we, I don't know if it was covered while I was away, but and it might be. Neil, how are we doing on time? Um, we got about eight minutes, but we could potentially go a little bit longer if needs be, if the, if the conversation well, merits. Well, actually, because I was kind of thinking, this is kind of our, this is kind of like my, my final thought. Okay. Um, you know, kind of getting to final thoughts here. Um, community is one of our biggest, is one of our biggest coping, coping mechanisms or support mechanism, I think, is what you want. Support, there. support mechanism. Yeah, it's one of our biggest support yeah. mechanisms. Um, our community, uh, you know, we have a lot of other things, but as a gaming community, as a geek community, as just, you know, fans in general, geeks, um, we are our brothers and sisters keepers, as far as that goes. So that being said, you know, don't be a dick. Yeah. If someone comes up, come up, come back and, around to Will Wheaton for a second. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Just to, you know, d- don't don't be a gatekeeper. Don't, mm. you know, don't try to one up their fandom because you, you know, you need that. I mean, this is your chance to make someone's day, to make someone's con, to make someone's week. Um. I want to share something. That's the thing, too, by the way, is um, just to jump in real quick, and I just want to say the opposite is true. You can also ruin someone's mood, ruin someone's day, even unintentionally. So, exactly. you know, like, I mean, you know, you know, you were mentioning how, you know, 
something as supposedly trivial as didn't bean have bean sprouts so on the buffet. And yeah, but it was it, more it, about it wasn't what it was. It was the it was the it was the anticipation and yeah. excitement mm-hmm. for a for a thing, and that just happened to be the detail, right? Mm-hmm. So you never know when someone comes up to you and wants to talk to you about something, or has a question about something, whatever. You you know, being dismissive or insulting, or whatever, that could be the thing that makes them feel really mm-hmm. shitty for a long period of time. So just you know, again, don't be a dick. You never know what people right. are doing. And being positive, saying a kind word, you know, could be the difference yeah. between someone going home at the end of con um, and staying alive. Yeah. You know, uh, shared was it was shared with me recently. A friend of mine, uh, they were, you know, they were in high school. It was a really, really bad time for them, and just things piling on and piling on, and they were contemplating ending it. Mm-hmm. And just one little gesture, just, you know, one little thing was enough to make it one more day. And mm-hmm. and I think that's, for all of us, I think that's the thing is just wherever you are, just make it one more day. That actually is something that happened with me specifically. Lowest I ever got was in college. Um, mm-hmm. And I did get, my, I, I was more than mildly suicidal. Um, One of the things that helped bring me out of that uh, funk um, was a YouTube series called Yu-Gi-Oh! The Abridged Series made by a guy out there who apparently also actually struggles with with depression named uh, Martin Bellamy, better known on the internet as Little Karibo. And him plus my family helped to save my life. This is before I knew either of you guys, so so don't feel bad that I'm not including you. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> well, if we were around during that time, we could have been part of the stress. So I don't know. <laughs> kind of happy. No, that. it was it was school. Um, it was it was the first semester. It was the first time I ever failed a class. Mm. And that was when I, I, I rejiggered my, ma- my, ma- my major a little bit. Um, I had never dealt with like, I'd never dealt with inadequacy before. And I was, and in this particular case, I'm not saying like, oh, dealing, no. I literally was inadequate to the task that I had set for myself. And I had to recognize my own limitations. But I had never had to deal with that before. Um, and I didn't deal with it very healthily. Um, but but silly geek, geek stuff helped get me through it. Yeah. Um, there is there anything that... Uh, the, uh, oh, one other thing here. If you're having difficulty, once again, please talk to someone call you know call the hotline uh if you if you have a job a lot of workplaces will will have some sort of something uh referred to as like an employee assistance program or eap it'll have different names but eap is one of the more common names for it that will offer some form of like of of uh of like few free counseling sessions and recommendations to 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 counselors and things along those lines seek help Reach out. Um, 
Yeah. Because, but no matter what you do, no matter how you choose to do it, if you seek help, you are being strong. Yeah, that's you don't have too. to be able like it. Take, grab on to the flimsiest damn excuse you can to 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 keep going because all you need is an excuse. Yeah, even if it's thing, not a good know. excuse, even if you even if like even if you honestly think it's wrong, as long as you can make your make yourself think that it's not wrong for long enough that you use it. Then it worked. Right. It's uh, Murphy's Law. If, if it's stupid but it works, it's not stupid. Mm-hmm. Yep. <clears throat> and the other thing, I mean, is... Um, one, uh, that... one, once again, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255. Please seek help if you feel like you need it. Yeah. Or even if you feel, feel like you might need it. Or even if you're afraid you might. You, you, or even if you don't think you need it, but, you, but you're afraid you might. Yeah. And remember, too, I mean, this, and this is something that I think we, we kind of overlook or, or, or whatever. When you're being different, when you're different, if you don't feel like you've it is incredible courage in that um, because you are making the decision to step outside of a comfortable area to be who you are as opposed to who you're told to be because for a lot of us hey, that's exactly who we are and that's cool but for those of us who are not you know that takes incredible courage every day um, you know, and every day when you step outside and you don't conform, you're being amazing. Every day when you step outside and you are different, those things that people, some some insecure people will pick on you for are the things that make you cool. Are the things that make me as a writer want to see you in front of my table at a con. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when it when it comes to, you know, <clears throat> there's some talk here and there about, you know, talk of being happy and what it means to be happy and all that stuff. And I think that's one fairly consistent thing across anyone's, you know, circumstances or life or whatever is that people that are um, people that are able to just, you know, um, be themselves and focus on, you know, focus on whatever it is they want to focus on, whether it be uh, work stuff or pers professional life, personal life, whatever it is that they're doing, um, then they're going to be much happier, even if in the short term it's difficult. Um, they're going to be much happier over the long term than somebody who has to, you know, um, somebody who has to live their life for what other people want to think about them or whatever. I mean, yes. that's just got to be exhausting to have to, you know, act a certain way. And again, the microcosm of high school is a perfect example of this. So many people that have been miserable in high school um, were, you know, had to, you know, they felt they had to act a certain way to fit in with the clique or whatever it is, right? And then 
<clears throat> you know, they're able to uh, break free of that in the real real world TM. So again, you know, it may be tough, uh, it may be really tough, and it, it may not be something that you know um, is over quickly. But in the long run, it's you know it's going to be a good investment uh, to get out of your comfort zone and to just you know not worry about how people perceive you as much now of course when it comes to some of this you know some of the mental issues like anxiety and stuff like that some of it you know it's just it's going to be more difficult for you if you're you know if you're struggling with that but if you recognize that then it becomes easier uh over time yeah and historically uh interesting thing depression um there one u.s president comes to mind as suffering from depression and it made him the right person in the right place at the right time, Abraham Lincoln uh, in dealing with uh, the Civil War mm-hmm. he was accustomed to dealing with depression he knew how to handle that kind of stress the Civil War, nothing new for this guy you know, mm-hmm. because that's a very know, good the, point actually, yeah honestly, um, like right now um, mm-hmm. during the pandemic, people who constantly deal with this sort of thing to to uh to paraphrase M. Bison, for me this was Tuesday, except it's <laughs> Wednesday. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm actually a little bit more worried, but like my worry doesn't extend to myself uh, in in this time of pandemic. It extends to others. It extends, it extends to friends and family that I am worried about because I can do nothing to help them. I'm doing everything necessary to keep my, my, my own damn self healthy. Uh, <laughs> right. And extroverts, if you have an introvert friend and you need to be there for them sometimes, it may go against your your basic inclination. For extroverts, just having someone around, for introverts, sometimes just having someone around but not interacting with them mm-hmm. can help. Because there's no, because for introverts, there's that exchange with people that, that doesn't work the same way as it does for extroverts. Yeah. We do need to go ahead and wrap this up. Um, one other thing that I wanted to share, apparently the text uh, line is 741741. If talking on the phone is part of, is part of the things that you have deal, that you have difficulty dealing with. It is free. It is anonymous. Um, and um, I love you all. If you are listening to this podcast, I love you. And I want you to be well. Like Ben said, community. It's really important. Yeah. yeah. Be good to each other. Be excellent to each other. Hold off on the partying for another for for probably about another for month. For a few weeks, uh, right? That comes later. There's a reason right. that comes second. <laughs> and that's that's uh, that's another that's another silly thing to look forward to is there will be another Bill and Ted movie. Yes, there will, and uh, there will be another party to go to. And if Keanu Reeves is a thing. A, if you are right. a partying type person, there will be another party. That's a that's a yeah. good general advice thing. It's like, do you want to do you want to see some good wholesomeness? Just look up anything Keanu Reeves has ever been involved in. Keanu, awesome. There's this really great interview where Keanu Reeves 
like is ends up is being filmed in a white room theoretically it's for an interview and puppies come into the and he just loses his shit over puppies like that's peak adorableness right in, there. in the most in yeah. the most fantastic adorable way too like it's it's he just melts and and completely loses the train of the interview because there are these puppies now, and they deserve petting and playing with. <laughs> yep. Right. So yeah, hey, there's lots of things. Puppies and kittens are are good for are good mm-hmm. for mood in general. Yep. If you can have a pet, I recommend it. Um, I can't, which is one of the reasons I want to move. Um. Yeah. Borrow a friend's pet for a little while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Uh, we hope to talk to you about something that's a little bit more up our alley and enjoyable and entertaining next time. I think this is one of the better episodes we've done, though, because this is definitely it, up our it's alley. It's an important episode at the very least. Yeah. <clears throat> so. um, and we hope that, that, uh, that you have gained something from it and that you were not entirely bored by the more seriousness of the conversation than typical. Um, yeah. We do need to sign off. It's uh, it's past my bedtime, so. Um, All right. This has been Neil. The one true Ben. And Mike. And we didn't actually introduce ourselves at the beginning of the episode, but uh, it's been us the whole time. If they don't know us. If they don't know us, you know the drill. Yeah. <laughs> and we will talk to you again on Geek Fanthology. And hey. If you are a regular listener, that's one other thing you can look forward to, right? Exactly. Click like and subscribe. Yeah. As I say in the outro as well, but uh, no one ever listens to that. By the way, people should totally listen to the outro. There's some interesting stuff in there. (laughs) All right. Well, guys. Later, everyone. Take it easy. I'm going to go ahead and tell Craig to leave the room now. This podcast is a production of Working Theory Productions. It was brought to you by the letter U and the number 104. Opening theme is Ultra Mega Hyperstorm and ending theme is March of the Mind, both by Kevin McLeod. If you enjoyed this podcast or know someone who would, please consider sharing it on your social media, sending us an email, leaving us a comment, subscribing on YouTube, liking, rating, ringing that bell, all those things that help build the algorithm. If you really enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us either by making a one-time donation on our website or a reoccurring one at Patreon, patreon.com slash working theory. A final thought. It really does get better, everyone. We will make it through this together. We have to weather the storm.